it hurt, you know, it hurt him so much to see me in such pain. And it also affected him. And he said, you know, go for it. Give it a shot. It's not going to hurt you, sweetie. And maybe it'll help. I wasn't so confident that it wasn't going to hurt me. So before I could do it, I did a lot of research. But I didn't tell my kids. I mean, you know, like, mommy's going to try some acid, honey. What do you think? I mean, that wasn't going to work. But eventually I had to tell them, right? Because the experiment was such a success, I decided to write about it. And then I had to tell them. Well, it's also worth pointing out that you, before you became a full-time writer, you were a federal public defender. So you presumably had plenty of experience with uh, um, repercussions of using illegal drugs. I did. And that gave me a lot of pause. Um, You know, I've seen people go to jail for a long time for very offenses that would seem to the layperson to be very, very minor. I've seen the viciousness with which this country fights its war on drugs. The real tragedy is that, you know, this I I come at this place from from a really intensely privileged place. If I were a young African-American man without resources in Detroit with an aggressive police presence, I couldn't take this risk. I could end up in jail. So, I mean, that's one of the reasons I've been so public about it, because I feel like with privilege comes responsibility. And, And you have to speak for those who don't, whose lack of privilege makes speaking more dangerous. You took LSD, these microdoses, for for a month. That's all you had. It was a month's worth of the stuff. How did the experience change, or did it, over the course of the month? Well, the protocol is not every day. You take it every every fourth day. The third day of each cycle, when I was just me, I definitely was like, oh, yeah, there you are. (laughs) But (laughs) So you could feel a difference that fast. I mean, could you feel it kick in? Yeah, that day. I would, like, make breakfast and, like, drive carpool and do my normal mom stuff. And about 90 minutes later, after I took it, um, I I remember once looking out my window and my, my dogwood tree was in bloom and thinking, oh, look how beautiful that is. And that's unusual for you? Unusual for me. Maybe typical for most people, but for me, that was a really lovely moment because I could appreciate the natural beauty. I could pre- appreciate lots of things. Or I might like take an extra minute to like cuddle with the dog because she was being so cute, that kind of thing. Um, And then I'd get to work. And then I would work like, I mean, I wrote better in that month than I have Then the only other the only other time that I can that was better. But it was scarier was when I wrote, you know, two books in a month because I was in a hypomanic period. And that's awesome. But that's dangerous. Yeah. You wrote in the book that you feel like microdosing with LSD saved your marriage. I feel like it did. You know, I don't know what my husband would say. Well, actually, I, I like... do. Okay. <laughs> you do. Oh, hold on. Well, your husband, Michael Shapon, is also a writer, and he was in the studio with us just a couple of weeks ago, and so we asked him. Okay. So here, I'm just going to play. Here's your husband answering okay. the question, do you think microdosing save your marriage? Well, I mean, with all due respect to my <laughs> beloved wife, um, I think, you know, I mean, it, well, let's put it this way. It's part of her mood disorder to think that, in a sense, that to, to believe that things are that dire um, or were that dire was, was a part of the illness itself. So in that regard, I can't argue with that. I mean, that, that, that's how it felt, and it was that sense of um, urgency that led her to take this pretty radical step of of trying to investigate this particular solution. 
And then he goes on, he really loves you. I'm I'm sorry, but I'm a little teary now. He's an amazing man. Um, You know, he's had to deal with a lot. He's had to deal with a lot, and he's dealt with it with such generosity and grace. (laughs) Sorry. Well, I think it sounds like he's there for the long haul no matter what. So from his perspective, it sounds like he wasn't going anywhere. Um, Yeah. Why did you think things were so bad? I think when you're depressed, you hate yourself so much you can't imagine that you're lovable. Part of my depression is such an intense self-loathing that how could anyone love me, especially someone who I love and admire and almost revere in a way? How could he love me when I am so very unlovable? But I actually think that he's right. I think that is the, that is the, the mental illness talking. And, and I'm, not, I'm actually kind of a great way.